Let's start reading again in verse number 18. Colossians 2 verse 18. The Bible says, Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why... As though living in the world, are ye subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which all are to perish with the using, after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Interesting text tonight. Preaching on the little phrase there in verse 18, and I believe it's explained through the rest of the passage about voluntary humility and will worship. So, voluntary humility. Now, this is mentioned in a bad light. 18, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility. Hmm. Then he talks about worshiping of angels. Probably most of us will not be tempted to worship angels. We're not Catholics. We don't think we need another mediator. Some of you may have those trinkets in your house. I don't know, but you think they're angels, but they're not. By the way, he says in this text... He says, in the worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen. You haven't seen an angel. (laughs) If you have, you didn't know it. If you really saw an angel, you would be so overwhelmed with the glory and the power of that angel that the Lord wouldn't let you see it. (laughs) So he's talking about people that that are talking about things that they really don't know anything about. They've not seen these things. They're intruding into them and they... But he's putting... Worshiping angels, which is a terrible thing, you know, worship God. John fell down, you know, before the angel. The angel said, no, no, you worship God, don't don't you worship me. But he's putting, and that's false worship, whatever you worship, if it's not God, is wrong. It's idolatry. That's a big sin in the Bible, idolatry. But he puts that right with this voluntary humility. He's saying that if you're not careful, somebody's going to beguile you into smoking dope? No. Into fornication? that's, that's, That's not the danger to the Colossians. To getting to get them to worship in a false way, they're going to be be beguiled about religion. Well, one of the ways religion can beguile people is through voluntary humility. Now, now wait a minute. Humility is one of the greatest attributes in the Bible. I mean, I would say if you really wanted to be like the Lord Jesus Christ, 
one of the preemptive things or the predominant things about the character of Christ is his humility, that he humbled himself. And, and, but you know what the devil does? The devil always takes something good from God and he twists it. He perverts it. Whether that's a marriage relationship, whether that's religion, even humility. Now, this, this is a strange thing for me even to even say. Humility can be a sin, He's saying, don't be beguiled into a voluntary humility. I, I, I want to get my head around this because I, I don't want to be beguiled, do you? I, I don't, even in things that I think are certainly, certainly there's nothing wrong with this or nothing wrong with this attitude or, 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 or pursuit of my life. This is a humble pursuit. The devil counterfeits everything God does, including humility. And this is humbling to the whims of the beguilers. This is people humbling themselves to the precepts of religion. They're not humbling themselves to God's commandments. They are humbling themselves to the commandments and doctrines of men. Now look at verse 22. Which are all to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men, which have things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility. In other words, these commandments and doctrines of men, not commandments of God, not the doctrines of God, but the commandments of men, the doctrines of men, have a way of bringing humility in your life, but it's a fake humility, it's a false humility. And I want to understand, what is this voluntary humility? That's sort of a strange phrase even, voluntary humility. In other words, it's a humility that you volunteered yourself for, that, that, has a, that God didn't lead you into, you volunteered for it. Now, now let me say this, <laughs> every person in here has need of getting rid of our pride. <laughs> God, the Holy Ghost, will lead us all to an altar of humility. God will lead us all to a place where we are little in our eyes. God will lead us there. But there are places that God does not lead us even in the area of humility. That religion will lead us or men will lead us that will be dangerous in our lives. In other words, this is not Holy Ghost humility. This is voluntary humility. I want to know what this is about. This is not humility over somebody's sin. This is not humility in order to get closer to God. This is a humility that's connected with things that are intruding into those which things he has not seen. This is humility connected with something God never told you. You didn't see that in the Bible. You didn't see that from God speaking to your heart. Some man convinced you to humble yourself into this religious order or precept or activity. 
It was a voluntary humility. It's something to do with you. It's not something to do with God. What's this about? Let's keep reading. 18. So that's the first thing. The voluntary humility is not God-led. It's, it's something that I do. I've chosen. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen. Now watch this phrase. This is almost a misnomer. Vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Voluntary humility, first of all, is not Holy Ghost-led. And secondly, voluntary humility... Is vain flesh. Voluntary humility is really pride. Look at it. And he says, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Now, when we think of humility, we think of somebody lowering themselves. But the Bible says this person that's engaged in this voluntary humility is actually getting puffed up because of it. It reminds me of what the Bible says in, in, in Corinthians. He says, knowledge, how many w- would say knowledge is a good thing? Is knowledge a good thing? <laughs> it's a very good thing. But knowledge puffeth up. There's nothing wrong with the knowledge. There's something wrong with the heart that's handling the knowledge. There's nothing wrong with you knowing the Bible. You ought to know the Bible. Amen. You ought to, we ought to be like Daniel and his friends that were ten times better. I mean, that they were ten times, they, they were better than anybody in the kingdom. Understanding science. Smart. Nothing wrong with knowledge. But the question is your motivation with that knowledge. I'm, I'll tell you this right now. Some of the most messed up people in all the world are people that know the Bible. I've met them. I'd introduce you to them, but I don't think you need to meet them. Yeah. It can breed arrogance. There's nothing wrong with knowledge of the Bible. Matter of fact, knowing the Bible can even be a dangerous thing because the more you know the Bible, the more you learn the Bible. If you're not careful, you'll let everybody know how much you know the Bible. And it'll puff you up. That's why he talks about, you know, you've got this knowledge, but, you know, charity is not puffed up. Charity is a different... Charity is something you ought to pursue, pursue even more than knowledge. Because you may not be able to handle knowing all that. Because when you know so much, and I believe we ought to study the Bible, learn the Bible, but I'm telling you what... There is an easy arrogance that comes with that. And there's a little skip in the step that shouldn't be there. And a little look because I know what they don't know. Knowledge puffeth up. Watch this now. Voluntary humility puffs up too. Well, you know, we've, we're leading a humble life. We, we just don't partake in such things. We, we've given up much for Jesus. And it doesn't just have to be these Judaistic law keepers. 
He said in verse number 20, Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, he's asking him a question. Why, as though living in the world, are ye subject to ordinances? Now, if you recall, we were just on those ordinances in chapter 14 that the Bible says that Jesus blotted out. But then here comes the voluntary humility. Well, I know we don't have to do it, but you know what? We're going to go ahead and keep the law. They, they had a big fight about that in the early church. My kids are circumcised. Are your kids not circumcised? We, we just try to humbly do what God wants us to do. You know what? We, we, we just have higher standards. We, we don't eat with Gentiles. Are you listening to me? We, we've just learned, you know, that, that God, is he, he expects a lot of things from us. And we just can't do that. And, and we're just giving that up for the Lord. We're not like those Gentiles over there. Oh, I know they're saved, but you know, they're confused. They don't even know the Old Testament. Yeah, but Jesus blotted out. Why are you even interested in being subject to ordinances when he took them out of the way and nailed them to his cross? Because you want yourself to be seen as this humble, God-fearing, God-commandment-keeping, so it puffs you up because you are motivated not to be a purer person. You're motivated to look purer. And it's still flesh. Bragging of, it's vain flesh bragging about keeping the law. <laughs> Why are you subject to ordinances? This voluntary humility is still vain flesh. It's not trying to get closer to God. It's trying, the voluntary humility is making me feel better about myself that I'm better than other people. And I'm impressing people with my humility and my lifestyle. You know, flesh is flesh. It doesn't matter how you package it up. You can package it up religiously. You know, who would put all of us to death of, in this humility thing? He talks about verse 23, about neglecting of the body, not in any honor to satisfying of the flesh. Well, we just don't satisfy our flesh. I remember when I got to Romania, that they were so mixed up in the Bible, they didn't know the Bible from a phone book. And they were saved. I mean, there were people that came to me and said, Preacher, do you eat onions and garlic? And I said, well, yeah. Oh, we thought that was a sin. I said, you thought that was a sin? Yeah, down there in Egypt, they didn't eat that onions and garlic. Or they, they wanted to go back and eat that onions and garlic. And we, we've given that up for God. We've, we've denied ourselves. Where did that come from? Same place some of the stuff you believe comes from. (laughs) Out of the air. (laughs) 
Well, we're denying our flesh. Are you denying your flesh so that you can boast in your flesh? Guys, we've got to check our motives on everything. It's even, you know, we we push Bible reading here. (laughs) Well, I've read through my Bible four times. How many times have you read through yours this year? You know, I've sacrificed my time to, to read the Word of God. I've denied myself. I've got up every morning at 5 o'clock to read my Bible. Well, why are you telling me that? Glory to God. Keep doing it. I want you to be more spiritual than me. But what's the motivation for that? You know, we denied. I remember, I remember as a kid... Oh, I was a kid. I was, a, I was 18 years old, and I was in Bible college, and I was in a bus meeting. <laughs> and they, 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 they marched all these people up. And they, these, some of these married, young married men were giving up time with their, with their wives. They were working double jobs, trying to stay in school. And they were testifying. They bring them up. as a, I mean, it was a spectacle about how much time they were giving up, even of their family time, to sacrifice so they could make an eight-hour bus call. And I'm thinking, there ain't nothing wrong with eight hours of witnessing, but why do you have to tell everybody? There's nothing wrong with you leading five people a month to God, but why do we all have to know about it? Why do we have to know what all you've given up for God? It's still flesh. Peter's got to tell everybody what he's found out. The apostle. He's got to tell it all. He got to hang it on his sleeve. This is what we are. And he says, okay, you have not satisfied your flesh. Hip, hip, hooray. But you're still fleshly. You're vainly puffed up in your fleshly mind. Your mind is fleshly because this humility you're engaged in, it's really still about you. I, I, going back around what I was going to say. Who really puts all of us to shame with that denial of the flesh? And really, that's what he's going to get to talk about in these last few verses. It's something called asceticism. That's people that deny everything of their flesh. Do you know that that Roman Catholics, uh, many of these priests, they, they take a vow of poverty? Well, isn't that a humble thing? Matter of fact, you know how much they deny their flesh? Those priests and those nuns, they deny their flesh to the point of such great humility that they will be celibate all their life. That's how much they've denied their flesh. Well, I'm just going to take a vow of poverty. I'm going to take a vow of celibacy. And the monks even go farther than that. When I was in Greece, there was a place in Greece that they would not let normal people go. You had to be so far along in the Orthodox religion before you could even go to this mountain. And I never forget, I was witnessing to a Greek guy, and he was saying, you know, you guys don't have the real stuff. The Orthodox Church has the real stuff. I said, the Orthodox Church is a joke. Can you tell me what it's done for you? He said, oh, over there in that mountain, they get visions of God over there. 
the power of God's over there. He said, those monks over there, they don't eat for months. They deny themselves. They don't wear nice clothes. And by the way, Orthodox people, they're not like Catholics. I mean, they, they wear dark clothes, you know. Like Amish people. Do you know none of that makes you spiritual? None of that makes you godly. Well, we don't drive cars. Okay. Jesus didn't drive a car. You see what I'm saying? We've just given up cars. And you know, we've given up our electricity. Well, guess what, cowboy? Jesus didn't have electricity because nobody else in the world had it either. Tell me what you give up. That's what he's talking about in this text. They voluntarily have submitted themselves to all these things that are not in the Bible, but it makes them feel better about themselves. I feel better because I'm living a bigger life of sacrifice than everybody else. That's not where we ought to get our satisfaction. We ought to get our satisfaction from walking with God and loving God and praising God and worshiping God. Not now what all we've given up for our Savior. I've given up nothing. <laughs> He's benefited me. No sacrifice. The Bible even said, Jesus even says, hey guys, it's great to fast. You ought to fast, but don't let everybody know it when you fast. Wash your face. Go in there like, amen, you've been, you've been eating high on the hog. Because we don't need any more voluntary humility. We need some real walk with God. If you sacrifice for God, glory to God. But it's not to puff up our fleshly mind. And to make us feel better that we're doing a little bit better than somebody else. And so I'm a little closer to God because I've, I've taken this vow. All that self-righteousness, you see, comes in that voluntary humility. I'm going to lose some of you here, but that's all right. I'm in the Bible. Verse 21. Voluntary humility is not God-led. It is voluntary of our own wills. That's why he says in verse 23, will worship. You see that? That's a very strange phrase in the Bible. Will worship. Some people worship their own wills. What does that mean? Well, we just God's given us the will to be able to resist all these things. God's given me power to say no to all this temptation. You know, these people are worshiping their ability of their own will to accomplish this and to be able to say no and to change their life and to not satisfy their flesh and to neglect their body because I've got the willpower. And they're worshiping the the power of their own will. Mm. Now, most of us don't have to worry about that. But we do have to worry about verse 21. Because not only is voluntary humility not God-led, and not only is voluntary humility something that's still vain flesh, the motive is wrong, but voluntary humility majors 
on restrictions. Verse 21. Touch not, taste not, handle not. That's three knots. I am so tired of people telling me what they don't do. We don't do this, and we don't do that, and we don't. What do you do? Touch not, taste not, handle not. We just don't touch those things. We don't handle those things. We don't taste those things. If that is the sum of your Christianity and religion, you don't have very much. Because my Christian life is not majoring on my restrictions. It's not majoring on what I can't do. You know why young people come up in the church and they, they leave the church and they never look back? And all they can major, all they can remember about their youth is they were told, touch not, taste not, handle not. We've got to get more into them than that. They've got to have a better memory of God than that. Church is not just about not touching things. Now, I'll say this. You can not touch things and not handle things and not taste things and have all these restrictions in your life and be just as wicked as the devil. Why is it some of the most sinful things I've seen committed have been committed by people that have deep restrictions in their lives? They said, preacher, you're preaching to remove all the restrictions. You've lost your mind. I'm trying to get you to see that that's not what the Christian life is all about. Because I can get satisfied and comfortable. Well, I don't do this and I don't do that and I don't smoke and I don't drink and I don't chew and I don't go with the people that do and I don't listen to rock music. My hair's right and my dress is right and you can be backslidden as the devil. That's not the sum of the Christian life. That's voluntary humility if you're not careful. Because you can do all that and not walk with God. And you can do all that and not worship God. And by the way, if you only worship God in here, you've missed it. There ought to be joy in your heart and joy in your house and joy in your car and joy. There ought to be a walk and a relationship with the Lord. It's not just about what you said, preacher. Are you? I believe in restrictions. Look, all the restrictions that we try to put on on our children, all the restrictions that we try to put in the church. The reason we do that is just to try to save them from dangerous things. It is not to teach them what God is all about. Are y'all following me tonight? It's to save them from hurt and ruin and damage. But that, that's not adding to their faith. That's just trying to keep them from the danger. And guys, I'm going to tell you this. If all we do is try to keep them from the danger, they'll never find out about God. 
It's not just about touch, not, taste not, handle not. It's not just about that. And by the way, if we get comfortable with where our relationship with the Lord is based on those things, we're really, really backslidden. In other words, if I look at my life and say, well, you know, I've got a, my life is restricted, so I'm okay with God. Guys, will you listen to me? That's why I've preached in independent Baptist churches for 30 plus years and people never move from the pew because they're convinced they're okay with God because they've got all the restrictions right. And there's no power. And there's no touch. And there's no Holy Ghost. But I don't touch and I don't taste and I don't handle. And God says in the Bible, in verse number 23, there's a show of wisdom in this. I mean, you know, that's, that's smart that you're keeping yourself away from these dangerous things. But you're going to get involved not in the worship of God, but in the worship of something else. Your humility and your will worship. The Christianity is not just about neglecting of the body. It's not just about not satisfying the flesh. By the way, the people that, 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 that believe this type of deal couldn't go along with what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, where it says, God giveth us richly all things to enjoy. You know, God's given you what He's given you to enjoy, not to forsake it all. Well, we'll just give up our air conditioner. You can go ahead. I'm going to enjoy mine. Well, preacher, we'll, we'll get rid of our HVAC so we can give more to missions. I call that voluntary humility. If I'm wrong, I'll apologize to you to judgment seat. Well, we'll just walk everywhere we go. Well, I'll just save money and let my wife cut my hair. <laughs> I'm not against that. But my wife ain't cutting my hair. <laughs> I am going to richly enjoy somebody that knows how to cut my hair. <laughs> Guys, we, we have been given benefits by God to enjoy. Thank God that you can come into a warm church building when it's cold and a cool church building when it's hot. I don't know what your restrictions are. That's, I really don't. I, I was going to say I don't care, but that's not true. I do care. But you've got to understand that you can't major on those restrictions. I've met some of God's people that think that they are now on the Mount of Transfiguration because they got rid of their television. <laughs> Praise the Lord, man. I got rid of mine when I was young, too. I don't watch TV. I, well, I like watching football, so that's my, that's my sin. Oh, I can't believe the pastor watches football. <laughs> yeah. 
Find something else, man, to get mad about. <laughs> Good night. He says, touch not. You know, in the Old Testament, they couldn't touch dead bodies. If they touched a dead body, they were unclean. They had to watch what they touched. No one could touch a woman in her uncleanness. Matter of fact, you couldn't even, you couldn't even approach something that she had sat down on. I'm not going to get into that. But I tell you what, that's a serious thing because in Romania, in Romania I, we had women that thought they were not allowed to come to church. Are you listening to me? Their restrictions were deeper than God. Be careful. If you have restrictions, anybody that's got higher standards than me, I appreciate that. I usually am the one that have higher standards than other people. But anybody that's got higher standards than me, I appreciate that. But I don't appreciate when they major on that in their Christian life. And when they wear it like, you know, how many stripes they have on their Christian uniform. Yeah, amen. I know, I'm fired up. I don't need to be. Y'all are all right. But Taste not. You know, if it doesn't chew the cud and divide the hoof. <laughs> the Nazarites couldn't even drink grapes. You don't, we can't even taste it. All those dietary laws. You say, well, I don't do that. Well, you, you probably do something else. You know, the older I get, the more I see what's really important. And I see that restrictions are important, but the longer I live, you listen to me, the longer I live, the people that go down the drain many times are the same people that had high restrictions. And the thing that will keep you and your family from going down the drain has nothing to do with these restrictions. It has to do with how close you want to hold that head and be nourished by God and be knit together with God's people. Now, if you go out of here and say, I'm not preaching on standards, you've lied. But you know what Sweet Springs Baptist Church is about? Our church is not just about standards and soul winning and the second coming. Christian life is a lot bigger than just those three things. And God even says this. And if you think, if these things that you restrict yourself with or the standards that you have for your personal life, if you think that's making you godly, then you evidently don't understand God. You know God doesn't ever get a haircut. If you are going to be godly, what does that mean? That means that you've got to put in your life the things that are in God's life. Well, what, 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 what's, what's in the life of God? What makes me godly? I would lead you to Exodus chapter 34 where God preached a message to Moses about himself. He told Moses who he was, and what it meant to be him. You ought to look at that list in Exodus 34, 6 and see if, see if you're godly. Doesn't have nothing to do with these restrictions. Again, I'm not saying that standards aren't important. I'm not saying that. I've got them for my own life. But if we're not careful, 
we will be living our lives in a voluntary humility instead of a life led by the Spirit of God. The Bible even tells us in here, here in this verse, in verse number 21, touch not, taste not, handle not. It says, which, verse 22, which are, which all are to perish with the using. Not only do all of these ordinances pass away, but all these things that you are protecting yourself from is going to pass away, including you. All those meats, all those drinks, all the... All of that is going to pass away. All these things are related to the present life, which stops. And you know where he's going to, he's going to set on... As we get into chapter 3, we won't do tonight. You know where he's trying to get their heart and mind. Not in what's going on down here, but what's going on up there. And if we're not careful, we'll just get involved in everything that's going on down here, including our lifestyles, and our heart is not being connected to what's up in heaven and what's eternal. All this stuff is going to perish with the using. But that which is in heaven, he who is seated on the right hand of God, that relationship with Christ, that is an eternal relationship. So with the Roman Catholics, the Judaism law keepers, those, by the way, asceticism, that's not just for Catholic monks. You know, Buddhists, I mean, there's so many religions that do that. And that's appealing to people. That's even appealing to independent Baptist people because they look around and say, there's got to be something more to make me feel better about how godly I am. So he says, this hyper-religious, hyper-standard, hyper-voluntary humility people. Not careful, you'll be worshiping your own will. Verse 23, neglecting of the body, not into any honor of the satis- to the satisfying of the flesh. You know, Paul even had to argue in the Bible whether or not he could marry a woman. He said, do we not have power to lead about? A wife, a sister, can I not get married? They were on his case about that. You could debate why that is. But they were saying, you can't, you can't get married. You know, the Bible says that we're to use the world and not abuse it. You can do that, you know. Just because you use the world does not mean that you're a worldly Christian. We can't get out of the world. Every creature of God is good to be received with thanksgiving. Guys, growing up, I've had people, I, 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 even as a young person, I didn't get it. You know, I'm having a hard enough time hearing my youth pastor preach about me not going to, to watch movies. Okay, that went flat. Okay, there's my restriction. I still don't do that. That went flat again, but... I had a hard enough time listening to my youth pastor. Don't go to the movie theater. <laughs> okay. I'm not, they didn't just do that. My mom and dad would beat my, yeah, if I, so I didn't do that. <laughs> I had a hard enough time with that. And then hearing a guy get up and say, you know, 
cowboy boots are wicked. <laughs> Denim is sinful. I'm talking about what people have preached from a pulpit. You ought not be wearing blue jeans. What, can I wear white jeans? I mean, what is the deal? Well, they just look sinful. I like wearing blue jeans. She don't wear them. But she don't wear pants either. I know, I know, I know. There's... See, see you, you can't say that I don't have restrictions in my life. I have some a lot more than some of you have. But guys, we can get so overboard with things. I remember hearing a guy preach about how it's a sin to have facial hair. Sorry, Brother Jeremy. Yeah. We have got a lot of things to preach on, man. And this voluntary humility, I tell you what, they ain't going to buy it. They're not going to buy it. But just maybe they'll buy somebody getting up and singing with a tear in their eye because they love Jesus. And maybe they'll just buy, amen, son. You notice where that kid got up right there at that time? Did you see that? Maybe they'll just buy somebody praying when the touch of God comes in the room. Maybe they'll buy that. But all that other stuff. Have it there to to protect, to keep away the enemy. But do not be beguiled. Beguiled. 